vampires, villains, and video drones. It's time to get our horror on. Welcome to your weekly dose of horror news and fun. This is episode 11 of Terrorvision Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Dan McGuinness, and joining me as always is my co-host, Jennifer the Dream Warrior Strand. Together we are two people with a love of horror and feel the burn of our obsolete blockbuster memberships. You can catch us weekly on all major podcasting services and on YouTube. Jennifer. How has your week been? Uh, my week's been pretty good, pretty busy. Uh, my cat had some surgery. Turns out she's got little kitty breast cancer. So really, yeah, that's, she, we that's, just that's terrible. So oh, I know it was so out of the blue. We picked her up. There was a little lump. We took her straight to the vet. They're like, okay, there's something there. It doesn't look safe. So they went in to take it out, and it turns out there was a lot of stuff in there. So this. Poor little cat has just basically been ripped open and toyed oh, no. around with. So she's had a little cone on all week because she cannot be trusted. And no, no cats can be trusted with stitches. No cats can be trusted with stitches. She's She's got a history of ripping out stitches as well. So, yeah. So it's been a lot of uh, sleepless nights while she staggers around with a cone trying to not bash into everything and is it a heavy cone so like her head gets weighed down not even a heavy cone she's just a little drugged out and just can't possum i know she's so cute um so aside from that i've uh, been binge watching a tv show called close enough um so if you've seen the regular show it's this guy's new series oh like Uh, a cartoon yes it is i love cartoons uh i can't recommend it enough it's basically two adults who are trying to sort of navigate being going from their like twenties to their thirties with a a small child and living with another couple, like a divorced couple. Um, Jason Manzoukas is in it as well. Manzoukas? Pimento from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He does a voice in it as well and basically plays, plays himself. It's really funny. It's very witty and it's, it hits real close to home as I sort of myself hit my mid thirties. It's all very relevant. He's so. doing a whole bunch of stuff like this, if you notice, because he did that, the gospel, what was it called? The something gospels as well. Mm. That crazy weird cartoon podcasting that he did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Midnight Gospels. And, That's um, right. Yeah, he's, 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 I reckon he's having a, yeah, bit of, feels like a bit of a midnight life crisis, or he just really wants to do something that's not for kids anymore. Yeah, like, probably, because, I mean, he does Big Mouth as well, so. Is that him? Um, well, Jason Manzoukas, or are we talking about the other guy? I don't know, any of them. There's yeah. two of them. I never know which one's which. Pendleton yeah. Ward is one of them. Is that his name? Oh, Pendleton Ward's the guy that does the uh, Midnight Gospel one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. he's definitely going through some existential crisis. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and aside from that, my uh, Halloween 3 figure set finally arrived. Uh, it was due, due to come out in uh, February, but... Delays, delays, delays. So that arrived on Friday. I haven't had a chance to take a photo of it, but it's basically like a three-figure set. Um, the all the little kids wearing the masks, the masks, um, and the, the masks. So the the witch, the skull, and the pumpkin, and then it's got like interchangeable masks where they're just you know gushing with snakes and it's, grossness. It's- cockroaches coming out of their eyes and stuff yeah it's such a cool figure set i very very excited but it is missing a tom atkins figure (sighs) yeah look i've had a couple of people like oh hey did you know there's a tom atkins figure and i'm like yeah it's like 250 dollars on ebay currently it's one of those figures i've got a problem with figures that wear real clothes i don't like it 
I'm not a fan either, and that's the one thing I've got negative to say about the Halloween figures is they are wearing cloth clothes. Yeah. Um, I've got a ghost face figure coming next month, which is also cloth, but I can give that one leeway because it kind of it still looks really good. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Uh, well, and how this, about you? How's your week? Well, this week my parents rang me up, oh, and they're like, "We've got all these model kits here. Do you want to? Do you want them?" I'm like, "Yeah." And there was three of them. There was an Alien Three model kit, then there was sure. an Alien model kit from 1985, and oh there's in its box there's a Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday model kit done by oh, Screamin. Yeah. Do you know them? No. Or Top? No, no. Kai Kai Yodu? No, I don't know them. Anyhow, it's um it's all there. Um I'm gonna give it a paint up. Uh, uh I might put this on our, our you know, I've never done any of this stuff before. I'm gonna try and like wing it. But inside it's got yeah. all the instructions, it's got everything, but it's also got like the a Jason um it's got a Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday trading card in there from them. Oh, very nice. And yeah, and you I can subscribe to the Screaming T shirt club and stuff like that Ooh, uh, send that my way i, I want to join that club you would have joined it i'm sure that club doesn't not, not so I'm, I'm happy with that so i might um put up my progression shots of me trying to do a model for the first time and uh going through it on on our thing uh at the yes, moment i'm please. gonna have to do an undercoat first or primer or whatever they call it and then i'll go from there i'm just gonna really ru- rush by hodgepodge a, a dry brush that's all i'm gonna do um sure and the other thing I did this week is I played D&D for the first time. Oh, how'd you find it? Basically, it was pretty good because we had a good D- DM. So we did it um, like as an episode for Hack the Dino. Uh, mm-hmm. We played a traditional f- uh, fantasy one, you know, D&D like normal, um, yep. as like a, trying to get ready for our new show that we're doing. We're doing the Cyberpunk Red um, tabletop game, so, uh, okay. which is what the Cyberpunk video game is based on coming up. Yes. So, uh, that was very, very so what's that that feels very well i hope you've got yourselves a copy yeah uh, I, I haven't at the moment but yeah <laughs> i've also got yeah. like ghost of ghost of tsushima however they say oh yeah i had a little go of that and that was great fun yeah um, a lot it, of people have said it's really good yeah better than i thought it was going to be i'm so used to samurai games being really ultimately hard after like all these you know souls dark souls like ones that have come out but it was nice to yeah. not have to think as much but yeah, I think the last samurai game I played was the Shadow Warriors one that you recommended to me, and I played it and I freaking loved it. Did you finish it, the first one? I I did. Yeah, the second one is kind of not very good though. Yeah, Shadow Warriors is, isn't. You wouldn't really call that a, a samurai game. You'd call that like a a B grade like horror movie, you know. <laughs> like, but it's amazing. Don't get me wrong. The chopping up and limb collecting and that is amazing. Yeah. Are you there, Jen? Play that. Yeah, cool. I'm here. All right, so let's get on to what we've been watching. I reckon. Nice. Cool. So, well, would you like to start? Yes, I will start. So I uh, first up this week, I decided I was going to watch Life Force from 1985 by a good old old mate Tobe Hooper, who we've been like kind of getting a bit deep into recently, haven't we? Like, oh yeah. So we did Funhouse as a one. He did Funhouse. Uh, he he also did Poltergeist. He directed Poltergeist, but like I looked into it a little bit, and apparently, like uh, Steven Spielberg came out and said, like I basically directed Poltergeist. He hardly had anything oh, to, yeah. to do with it. So Tobe to- yeah. Tobe um, decided, bugger you, mate! I'll show you I can make a great movie, and he decided to make Life Force. 
<laughs> yep. Um, to show that he was really good at making films. But on the other hand, he also made one of my favorite films of all time. He made Invaders from Mars, like the, um, uh, the I'm pretty sure it's a remake, like in 19, whenever he did it, 1986 or seven or something like that. Um, but which I'm going to investigate as well. Again, the story yep. of Life Force. I'm going to I'm just going to do this real quick. The story because yep. it's the most comp- overcomplicated film of the most simple <laughs> story in the world. Sure. A bunch. Um, so Haley's comet's going past, as we all remember. Do you remember Haley's comet going past, Jen? I do, yes. Yeah, I went and saw it. I've seen Haley's Comet um, and in real life. That's great. Haley's Comet's coming past, and in the tail of Haley's Comet, a space shuttle finds an alien spaceship. They go in there, and I'm just going to do this as a quick version. They find a lady in there. They take her back to Earth. She basically is a, a vampire who sucks the life force out of people. She can also exist in your consciousness and travel between people. And each time she goes into someone, she, you know, she uh, leaves a bit of herself in there or some, something like that. But um, when she sucks the life force out of you, you turn into her like a husk, like, you know, corpse, like dried up mummified corpse. But then you come back alive as a zombie and you've got an hour. You can do it again. You can do it to someone to get back to normal. But, okay. but then you have to keep doing it because in an hour you're going to die again. So you, you're doomed. Um, and then these life forces come out and if and as soon as the zombie dies, the life force is like, they turn to dust. The life force is released and then it goes up, it goes through her and then up into the spaceship which it powers. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. <laughs> um, so that's the basis of it. So straight away, this is not based on the NES game of the same name of Life Force, which was a great uh, sideways shooty spaceship one. So as soon as they go into the ship at the start, you notice straight away that this is just the biggest alien ripoff in the world. Like the ship looks like Giga's art uh, everywhere, but it's jumping around everywhere. And the space scenes look so bad. They're just like you can see the wires holding the astronauts up. And all they're doing, like, there's, there's, all they're doing is just moving slowly, and then the shots are just filmed up, are just put upside down and stuff like that. That's all they are. <laughs> like, it's amazing. So the you can see that gravity is going the wrong directions and stuff. So and that's kind of cool. Um, and then um, yeah. So apart from being like ridiculously um. Like an alien, an alien ripoff. Uh. Mm-hmm. All the acting in it is super cheesy, which actually makes it kind of enjoyable to watch. You know those films where characters answer too quickly? Like, you know, when someone asks a question and it's like those old 1940s movies where they just answer their lines are just delivered as soon as the other person stops talking and they say them really fast. Like, we have to get out of here. Yes, we do. What do we do? I don't know. Like, And it's just like, (laughs) oh, God, this is amazing. And there's so the main character is a guy that was on the space shuttle. He uh, at the start he gets back to Earth and he he has a telepathic link with this girl. And oh, I forgot to mention as well that she is naked for the whole film, and it, it shows boobs, it shows vajuju, it shows yep. everything. And she's uh, and that's just that's eighties boobs too, my friend. Eighties oh, no, boobs. This is a uh, this girl is like a nineteen year old actress who did like one other thing after that, and um, she is quite oh. beautiful. But her power, this is where it starts to get weird. Her power is that she is so beautiful that men can't resist her, and it starts to be this like full just um like commentary on basically it's like a a women a woman hating film. 
Like sure. the poor white it man. like species. Yeah, it is. It's very much like species. It is very mm. much. Even with species with the Giga stuff. Like, mm. um, yeah, so these poor white men are getting seduced by this evil woman. And there's even scenes where, because the guy's telepathic, right, who's like mm-hmm. the main guy. If she's been in a person and moved on, he can read their thoughts. And he grabs this girl and he's like, she may look scared, but she wants me to hurt her. She's she's a sadomasochist. She wants me to hurt her. So he just starts beating her up. Like, sure. And like, I'm like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Like, so, yeah, and you get this real like thing of these like poor white men. And, you know, it's not fair that women are beautiful. It's not fair. If mm-hmm. like you know they 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 manipulate us into doing yeah. bad things, and I was like, oh god, this is this is this yeah, is sure. this is bad. Um, but then what really saved it is the effects are chronically good. They're done by the guy John. I can never say this guy's name. John Zistra or something. D D Y K S T R A. He's the special effects guy on Star from Star Wars. So he did all the effects and stuff. So. There are full, full body animatronic zombies in it that like, yeah, and they look amazing. Their eyes are moving, their mouths, their fingers are moving around, and like, but they're zombies, but they're also vampires. Who knows what they are? So it's basically sure. film. It, this film has aliens, it has vampires, it has zombies, and it has pre 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 Picard Patrick Stewart in it. Yes. Who, yeah. and he, he plays a doctor in a mental institution that was like, so if this lady's been around you, if she's in a body and she's been around other people, she can just transfer into the other body. So no, you oh, know, wow. you can't trust anyone. So it's got a little bit of a thing vibe to it. And um, there's a scene with like Picard. And as soon as Picard comes into the film, that's when it kicks into like a thousand Ks an hour. It's just like amazing. Um, sure. There's a scene where like, which is, chronically good like they're in a helicopter they've got picard unconscious because he originally they sedate him which traps her in his mind if you, okay which yep. makes sense um yes it does and he wakes up with something and she tries to pull herself out and everyone all blood starts coming out of picard's mouth and eyes which is out of a dummy but it's put it in reverse so the blood's flying upwards and it firm, yeah. forms a blob in there and it makes a blood version of her and it's wicked. I'm like, yeah. the, the effects in here are awesome. And every time, like, the life force bursts out of someone, it looks like the ghost out of Ghostbusters, you know, that effect? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, suddenly London goes post-apocalyptic. Everyone in London is, like, it's all on fire. They've just set fire to a million sets. It's so good. There's this one main character, which I haven't mentioned, who is, like, an SAS dude who is the main kind of badass and he's hilarious. And he, he basically runs through every – he's like the action hero, dude. He's shooting zombies. He's flying helicopters around. He's like, you know, people exploding everywhere at the end. There's aliens. There's like there's – the, the ship is coming down to earth. It's all happening and it's so good. And then um, they fight this zombie this, – this, because there's like they bring, they bring the lady back to earth and there's two men as well who hardly even have a role at all. Um, yeah. He fights one of them, and he turns into a giant, va- uh, giant alien vampire bat, and then explodes, and like, <laughs> it just sure, goes on and on. There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot going on in this film. <laughs> oh, dude, there's so much, ha- and every scene is so overly complicated that it doesn't have to be. So they'll have scenes yeah. like you know they're in the helicopter and they want to call the base, and they're like, "Can you call the base?" And the guy on the helicopter goes, oh, there's a bit of interference. Maybe I'll patch through to this place and this place and do this. No, we can't get through. Hang on. I've done it. And there's no, there's no reason for so much of the complications in every scene. You could have just gone, 
yeah, here they are here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I got through to them. There was no reason for this whole scene of this guy talking how he can't get through and now he can. There's heaps of that stuff. I mean, but it, was, was it building a sense of tension and, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There's a hilarious scientist that just say ridiculous things. Like, I love scientists in film. There's one bit where they ring a scientist who's discovered how to um, kill these vampires and he, on the phone yeah. and he's like, well, it's just like uh, how you kill regular, va- uh, uh, you know, traditionally kill vampires. You, you have to um, impale them on a lead-covered stake, not through the heart, but two inches below the heart. And I'm like, when is that the normal way to kill that's a vampire? Never, that's not a thing. I know, it's so good. Revoke the science license, no. Yeah, and I was just looking at him going, that's not... That's not the run of the wheel meal way to, you know what I mean? They just make everything so, but it's so worth watching. Like at first I was like, oh, nah, but the, the range of effects and the range of gore, funny gore effects, like that, just ideas that they've got. He was just trying to show that he can make a really creative thing and it really yeah. shows that he can't. <laughs> like, it, I it, mean, it was wicked it's though. He's, he is a fantastic director, but. Is I, he though? Well, this is the question. Is he, though? Like, Poltergeist is a good film. Clearly, and I, like, clearly I'm behind, I don't know, I, I side with Tobe on this one. Yeah, so it's got uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, prints all over it, but I don't know, like, I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that, that is hands down his best film. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 he did, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. Did he do number one? No, he did the first one. Oh, okay. Well, apparently, apparently, this film, Life Force, he yeah. signed a three mo- deal movie deal with whoever he did it with, and the second film with Texas Chainsaw Two. So if he yeah. hadn't made, he hadn't done this dip movie, we probably wouldn't have got Texas Chainsaw Two, and we all know that we need that. All his films have we that. Do. All his films have that kind of vibe to them. Do you know they're kind of weird? Yeah. Like as in they're, they're kind- very gritty. They're gritty, but they're also like they've got a feeling to them that they're really in like an else world of not real life, and D- it's kind of dirty over there too. I think. Yeah, d- just yeah. weird, like <laughs> weird. But Invaders from Mars is was like my favorite film growing up. Me, and my dad loved it. It's such a good yeah. film. There's, there's like, there's so much alien destruction and and uh, the the military comes in and you know you, all that stuff as a kid you want you want soldiers shooting aliens. And, yeah, I'm going to revisit yeah. one definitely. But, yeah, overall, I give it like a 2 out of 10, a 2 out of 5, but I give it sure. a massive love. You know what I mean? I give it a heart next to that, which is, you know, yeah. the seal of approval. It's crap, but it's crap fun. It's fun crap. It's but a- that's what it, like, that's what films I love the most are the, the films. It doesn't have to have a five-star rating. Oh. Sometimes it's a one-star, but I fucking love it. That's all, that's all that matters. And the effects just drive this film so much, like... There's pretty much like the scene of the worst vampire in history. Like he turns, like the guy, the vampire turns, the guy for, goes from a zombie, turns into the 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 vampire, and then looks at someone, runs at them, and he hits a fence and just explodes into dust. He's probably alive for like ten seconds, <laughs> and I'm like, you're the worst vampire known to man. Like you may be the shortest lived <laughs> vampire in any film. <laughs> like, oh, so good. But yeah. um, I right. do. I'll give it a go. Yeah, definitely give it a go. Um, and then there, I also watched Ready or Not this week. This is not my second review because you've already talked about this um, I and you talked it up so much I just wanted to read, watch it and it did not disappoint. It's such a I fun film. 
Anyone get out there. If you like stuff, it reminded me of Knives Out but more horrible. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. You know, it had that feeling to it. It might be just because it's in the house with a whole bunch of uh, big cast of people. Great film. Um, Worth watching. Super. The only problem I had with it is there were some really mist-coloured scenes in it. So you'd have some really warm shots and then it would cut to another shot that was very green. Like, as in, like, the okay. colouring was quite out. And it happened a, a lot. I can forgive that maybe once, but it happened, like, five or six times to me and it really jarred me out of... But maybe that's me being really scrutinising on my film quality because, um, I mean, the film quality yeah. of Life Force is wicked. It's, like, you know, it's on beautiful, like, film, old-school film. It looks great and it's amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, ready or not, everyone should have a go. What did you watch, Jen? Definitely. Okay, so I watched a film called Phantom of the Paradise. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it's 1974, directed by Brian De Palma, who we all know did Scarface. I didn't know that, but cool. <laughs> okay. Um, this film is a rock opera. Um, so this was kind of like a Rocky Horror before the Rocky Horror. Existed. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. It's, it was so much fun. Um, I think... Liz got about uh, five minutes into it and was basically like, I hate this, I'm leaving, and left, um, which was fantastic. So I just enjoyed this film so much. So basically, um, how do I even describe it? So this, there's this uh, Juicy Fruits band and basically they're, they've been signed, they're super popular, and this this poor guy is, his name's Winslow, he's He's a beautiful musician. Um, he basically creates this rock opera based on Faust and it gets stolen. Oh, dear. And what do you mean stolen? Yeah. Like the rights or the script? So, yeah, so it gets stolen by this music, uh, music producer called Swan who is played by Paul Williams. Um, Paul Williams also did uh, a lot of the music. He composed everything. Um, but... So this poor boy, he has his stuff stolen. He thinks that it's that it's been taken and he's just going to have a listen and he's going to sign him and it's, everything's going to be okay. It is not. He comes and approaches the guy who is holding auditions with all these women to sing his, his you know, opera. And he's, like, so super mad about it. And he comes across this young girl. Her, her, her name is Phoenix, played by Jessica Harper, who you may or may not recognise from Suspiria. And he's basically like, you have a beautiful voice. You are the only person I want singing my music. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, like, the guy's like, hey, fuck you. I, this is mine. This isn't yours. Get out. And the poor guy gets thrown in jail. Um, but not, there's, there's no real reason he goes to jail. And, of course. Because the script said to. The script sends, sends him to jail, yes. Um, and then. So in jail, all his teeth are ripped out because it saves money apparently. So now he's got all these silver silver teeth. He escapes jail. Wait, 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 wait. Why did his teeth get ripped out? Well, because it's in the budget. It's not in the budget. So healthcare is not in the budget. And the biggest problem they seem to have in jail is dental hygiene. So rather than just letting him keep all his teeth, they rip out all his teeth and replace them with these silver gnashes. Which seems um, way more expensive. It it does, doesn't it? <laughs> but hey, I'm not a dentist uh, or a prison guard. So he escapes jail because, of course, he does. 
and he goes back to the uh, this record label place and has this horrific accident in which his face is like mangled in between a vinyl press. Cool. So he's got now a mangled face and silver teeth. Yeah. So now he's disfigured. And then he ends up back in this uh, this place called the Paradise. So it's Paradise Theatre. It's where they're going to debut this rock opera. And he's basically like, now nah, I'm going to fuck shit up. And I just, this this film has such a long-winded explanation to it for something that is just absolutely and utterly ridiculous. Just revenge? It is a whole revenge thing. Are you going to mention what the guy looks like? Because I'm watching clips from it now. (laughs) Yeah, so he kind of looks like a peacock, sort of. He looks like a bird. He's wearing this mask. It actually reminds me, for some reason, I don't know why, it reminds me of Marilyn Manson from his uh, his Golden Age of Grotesque. Because he's got black lips. The mask looks very much like the Battle of the Planets mask. Thank you. That's what it was. I was trying to think. Yeah, the the bird mask. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a helmet. It's more of a helmet. Yeah, so his his voice is all ruined, um, but for some reason he still sort of interacts with the guy called Swan who's, like, stolen everything from him and is just a bit naive in the fact that he's still writing all this stuff that this guy is continuously stealing and he's, like, none the wiser, but also then Cotton's on and is like, oh, no, I'll get you. Um, so they decide to bring in this other musician to sing this opera instead of young Jessica Harper and it is Garrett Graham who we know from Terrorvision. He's the dad from Terrorvision. Oh yeah, it is too. I know. And he <laughs> plays this I'm, amazing. I'm watching amazing I'm watching it right rock. now. Like as you speak, the bit where he's singing on the stage. Yes. He he plays a character called Beef. Beef. And he is <laughs> Beef. And he play he's basically this just glorious um it's like, glam rock kind of god for the day, I he's guess. He's like Frankenfurter. Um, he's like, he feels like yeah. he's channeling Frankenfurter. Pretty much. And he does he does have the gay kind of like, well, now this is stereotypical and not very appropriate, but it's it's just so endearing. And especially because coming, watching him in Terrorvision, I'm just like, I love you and everything. Um, the camera work in this film is very interesting as well. Um, there was this scene with this split screen car bomb. So, um, they're showing these the Juicy Fruits performing on stage, but split down you're watching, you know, the Phantom put a bomb in the car that they're about to get in. So you're just watching this all happen from different angles. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. So it was so much, so much fun, just absolutely ridiculous. It got a little bit too creepy because this was 1974, so this is peak, everything's a bit, you know, oversexed and yeah, uh, it's like you walk into this weird orgy scene. Uh, well, it's about to be an orgy, and you kind of like, I don't really want to watch. I don't orgy. really want to be here, like <laughs> ever. Yeah. How's and this, then there's, there's a scene in it where he just grabs a groupie out of the crowd and just throws them, and they're just a rag doll. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They pick up this groupie. Uh, they they're going through, and they've got like this this guitar which is a sort of a sword and they're going through the crowd like lopping off hands and limbs and stuff um i don't necessarily think that this would be considered a horror but at the same time i'm like yes it's a it's a horror um so basically like this guy's swan has sold his soul to be the best record producer in the world 
And then, of course, he has this contract with the Phantom who there's this whole saga. There's like this Dorian Gray kind of saga behind it all as well. And he's like watching him make out with the girl he loves for way too long. There's just it's just a super uncomfortable scene that, you know, 30 seconds is fine. This goes on for about three minutes and you just feel really uncomfortable on behalf of everyone. Oh, my God. But I I definitely recommend, I wouldn't say it's better than Rocky Horror because I love Rocky Horror. Yes, I grew so up I. with Rocky Horror. I know all the songs. I don't feel that these songs were quite super memorable. Like I, I since watching it on Saturday, I've not got any of the songs in my head. I couldn't tell you what any of them are. But it was so much fun. And I just recommend everyone go watch it. Go watch it right now. Or at least watch the best bits on YouTube like I just did. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'll I'll post the trailer and uh, see what you y'all think, but I definitely recommend giving giving it a go, especially if you if you do like a musical. I do. I watched I watched off. Hamilton this week, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I have I have not watched Hamilton this week. It has nothing uh, to do with horror. Just despite being told that I need to watch Hamilton, and now I'm not going to watch Hamilton. It's okay. Um. Sure. Okay, so my second film for the week. Are you ready? Are you sit, sitting down, and are you ready to hear me blabber I'm sad. on? I watched. Oh. I watched. I revisited Videodrome, nineteen eighty three. David Cronenberg. Um, we all know David Cronenberg. He's done everything. He's done like you know, what has he done? Like Naked Lunch and The Fly and Existence and ch- ch- you know, just heaps of stuff. Um. What else has he done? Oh, The Dead Zone? I really enjoyed The Dead Zone. Did you like that? I don't think I've seen that. He did the Friday the 13th, the series, one episode. It was <laughs> a... nice. You remember that Freddy's TV show? What yes. It? What was it called? Freddy's Nightmares? Yes. Oh, that was great. So weird. Anyhow, I digress. Um, so Videodrome. For people who haven't seen Videodrome, I'm going to try and tell you what it's about without giving it away because I can't give it away because I've watched this film so many times and I'm still not 100% sure what it's about. But yeah. I'm really attracted to it for that reason, I think. It's one of those things where I feel like I know what it's about and I've got the idea of it, but I don't, I can't, I can't usually explain it to people, if you know what I mean. But I, in my mind, I know what it's about. But when it it's- comes to actually putting it down like to someone, I don't know what it's about. <laughs> Do you yeah, know what I no, mean? It, that is 100% fair. This film is, it's great, but I can't fucking explain it to anyone. It's quite the same. It's even the same with like one of my other favorite films is Naked Lunch. And it's the same. Yeah. Like, what is it really about? And it's up to you as the viewer to put it together. But there are enough clues there to do it. Yeah. Anyhow, I'm going to get into it. Okay. So do it. it's about a guy. I can't remember his name. Uh, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> uh, main character is... Um, um, what's his, what's the actor's name? Can't James remember. Woods. He James plays Wood. Max Wren. Yeah. He yeah. is, he's a TV executive of a small cable television thing. Um, he is looking for new shows to show on his late night cable show. Um, he hears about, uh, this TV, this TV show called, no, no. He, his company intercepts a rogue TV signal. And when it comes up, it's this video drone show. Um, drone. I keep calling drone, uh, which is basically for bet for not uh, for no better word. It's a snuff film. It's like people getting 
tortured and hurt. Um, you don't know if it's real or anything like that. He becomes obsessed with it. He's watching it. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's, he can't not think about it and stuff. So he tries to track down where Videodrome's coming from because he wants to play it on his um, his cable show. And he um, has a wife, uh, which is played by, um, uh, what's her name? Um, Deborah Harry. Deborah Harry. Yeah. Deborah Harry. Um, they watch Videodrome together and she becomes quite obsessed with it. Um, she, and then she decides that she is going to audition for Videodrome. Even though the only thing in Videodrome is people getting hurt. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, then, like, stuff starts to stuff up in their minds. Um, and then they, uh, so they track down the created Videodrome. And he is, his name is Professor Oblivion, which is bloody amazing. He will, will not see anyone um, in person. He will only see them via video link. Mm-hmm. Um, and he... He floats the idea that Videodrome, is, TV is a new reality, while normal life is now a sub-reality. Um, <laughs> all right, this is what it starts getting about. Um, so basically, yeah, it, it's really hard to explain from there. Um, yeah. th- you later on find out that Dr. Professor Oblivion, um, so he, he sends you videotapes that you watch um, his responses, if you know what I mean. But he, yeah. can, he in the tapes, he kind of talks to you. So he has printed his whole life onto billions of videotapes and every answer is on there for every person and stuff like that. It's very weird. Uh, so he exists on tapes. Then yeah. you work out that there's a company that he – and he went against Videodrome. That's why he got killed and put onto tapes or some shit. Um, then Videodrome, now who the people who, who run Videodrome um, – send out assassins to kill the main character um, or something. <laughs> he goes there. <laughs> he goes there and he rec- they record his um, mind, which is not then that's how they re- get, that's how they get episodes of Videodrome are people's, are people's hallucinations who have watched Videodrome. So if you watch Videodrome, it creates, uh, it creates hallucinations, which become reality, but also because that's the new reality and then life becomes the sub-reality and then people then they record those hallucinations and that becomes the next episode of Videodrome or some shit. <laughs> like, uh, at one stage, he's watching Videodrome and he, he gets his tape delivered to him from the Videodrome people. He's watching it and then suddenly he has a vagina on his chest he puts a gun into his chest, his chest vagina, and keeps it there for safe safekeeping. Um, and then later on, someone shoves a videotape into him, one of the other Videodrome assassins, and that when you get a tape shoved into your chest, you are then programmed by Videodrome to kill people. He then goes and shoots um, some TV executives or some, something with a cancer gun, which is one of the best scenes. So the gun, which he, re- he re- gets back out of his chest, attaches to him through hallucinations, but because of its hallucinations, it becomes reality. Um, he goes and shoots this guy with a cancer gun. He explodes into cancers, which is horrifying. And then um, we all know that... Um, we all know, you know, so... This is where it gets hard. I know it's, it sounds hard up until now. So then he kind of leaves after killing the, this guy, and he—we all know it, it's like it's, it says in it, you know, to get out of being in under the spell of video drone. The only way 
is to transform into the new flesh. <laughs> yeah. So there's a real classic line in it that he yells out when he kills this guy, um, death to video drone, long live the new flesh, which is yeah. st- I still don't understand. So basically the only way to get out. Um, so then he gets told by Deborah Harry, who is now in video drone, coming to him through hallucinations, um, through television, that to kill himself. And then the film basically ends with him shooting himself in the head to escape video drone and to become the new flesh. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Just saying it just makes the, no sense. Yeah. Um, this film is amazing. Every every step of the way, it's one of those like it's like why I love Beyond the Black Rainbow. You're constantly guessing. They're constantly trying things out. There's const there's constant new amazingness happening. There's like there's an amazing trailer. Go watch the official trailer if after this, you've listened to this. It's got animations in it that aren't in the film. It doesn't make any sense. Um, the actual, the Professor Oblivion at one point in the film, in his videotapes, basically predicts social media. He says, in the future, avatars and fake names will be everyone. And that's the yeah. problem with video drone. So he basically predicts social media. It's full of government control conspiracy theories but it is very relevant to now on like and it's all about like the insatiable um thirst we have for violence through television and the and the um the romanticizing of violence for morale um kind of stuff yeah. like that it's very laden with that laden with that kind of like stuff and it, it's it's worth watching like it's it's worth watching number one as an art piece it's worth watching for the effects it's worth watching for just how crazy these films are that are coming out. And these were like, you know, Cronenberg films. Like his, his films always hit like these kind of notes, if you know what I mean. Like, Yeah. But you, you don't walk away from a Cronenberg film going, that was just a lovely piece of cinema. Yeah, you don't you feel can't, like- You kind of walk away and you've got to talk about it or dissect it in your brain for an hour or two and then even a week later you're like, what the fuck did I watch? Yeah, you don't feel like you've just watched Emma or anything like no. that. <laughs> you feel like you've come. Yeah, yeah, and it's great. And that's what I love with a lot of these horror films. As I said, Black Rainbow, Naked Lunch, this. like They leave you with something. They leave you with questions. That you know there are answers have been thrown straight in your face. You haven't just digested them yet, and I really love that kind of stuff. Um, it it's just one of my favourites. It's like five five out of five out of five. Five out of five. Yeah, yeah, yep. just like such a vibe, such a such a different thing. And like what I said now, like there'll be people who are like you got it wrong, and I'm like I know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, like doesn't matter. you know, uh, well, let's open that up to a discussion then. Why did I get it wrong? What's your take on it? And also I'm not wrong. Yeah. You could be wrong. And there are bits. So let's have a talk about it. And there's so much happens in it. There's uh, stuff I've I've missed out. And I have nowhere near kind of really spoiled this film because it's not about what happens. It's about the vibe and how it hands it to you, how it serves it, how, what the plate that it puts down in front of you of the film of what it is is what it is. It's not, it's not finishing the plate and what, what you've eaten. It's what they serve up to you. And that's a weird. There's a lot to it. Like what you've described, I'm like that. That's probably what it is. But if I rewatch it and I go, okay, well, this is how I think it is. We could be here a week having this conversation, which would be great because you know it's. I think it's going to be one of those films that is talked about for years and years and years to come. Well, it's already pr- I, proven it. It's in '83 well, till 2019. Right. <laughs> right, and I think it's going to be 
become more and more relevant. So I, I feel that it could be one of those films that is sort of discussed in, you know, at uni. Who knows? Yeah, there are some, man, are there some scenes in this film. There's so much <laughs> gore and stuff that makes, like, you know, there's, like, TVs that explode and, like, intestines and yeah. come out of the, and, like, and you know, there's some really great effects as well. There's a bit where, like, the TV stretches out. And it looks yeah. really oh, good. Like it's all like projected onto the stretching out stuff, and it looks perfect. And like there's just there's just heaps of stuff to this film. It's just everyone, For every sure. horror fan should watch it. If you're not yeah. massively into horror and maybe you know like ambiguous horror, you probably won't feel the vibe for this film. But if you're definitely into you your like anyway. into your trips, <laughs> if you know what I mean, like. If you definitely don't want to take acid but want to feel like you're on acid, watch this. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, did you know that Cronenberg's uh, son, Brandon Cronenberg, has actually just made a film called The Possessor? No. Is it? Yeah. Is, is it, what's it about? <laughs> so it's about this assassin who I, she can use, I think she can sort of jump into the bodies of people close by to assassinate the target and not be sort of caught. Um, a lot of people I know have watched it and they keep asking me if I've seen it. I haven't gotten around to it yet, um, but I've heard nothing but really good things about it. Is so it a I horror film? That... It is a horror film, yes. Should we watch it next week? We should. Um, we should. Because I'm very for, excited. Down for some more Berg. Yes. Berg Jr. Well, this, is, this is next generation Berg. Mm. I wonder if he's, like, got the same vibe as his dad, like, you know. Uh, you know, visual effects and gore and weirdness. I mean, from what I've heard, there is definitely a a vibe there. Excellent. What was your second film? Okay, so I watched a 2019 film called Come to Daddy. Um, Come to Daddy. (laughs) Not what you would think, but it's uh, directed by Ant Timpson, who I think he did the Greasy Strangler movie, which I haven't watched yet, but I've heard disgusting things. Um, <laughs> greasy Strangler? Is that what it's called? Yes, it is. Yes, it's called the Greasy Strangler. Oh, that's it's, horrible! I'm going to look that up. <laughs> I've, I've, just, from what I've seen, I'm like, I'll, I'll get there when I'm in a better headspace. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this film was so much fun as well. Like, I had a really good week with my films this week. Is surprising. Um. So after receiving a cryptic letter from his estranged father, Norval, played by Elijah Wood, travels to his dad's oceanfront home for what he hopes will be a positive experience. Turns out it's not. (laughs) Shit. So much fucking shit happens in this film. And being that it was released in 2019, I'm not going to go too much into it. Uh, I don't want to give anything away. I 100% think that everyone should check this film out. Um, Elijah Wood has basically got Lord of the Rings money, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants now. And he, like do- and he does. And he does. And it does not disappoint. Like, I, I love Elijah, Elijah Wood, and I love watching him in pretty much everything he does and just watching the sort of choices that he continues to make. Very similar to how Daniel Radcliffe is making Yeah, Ra- Radcliffe is the same. He just, like, goes through, he's just doing all these fun art films that, like, yeah. may not make it big, but when you're ri- writing on, um, I see Harry, which one's Harry Potter? 
Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, when you're right, I can never remember which one's which. I actually get these yeah, two confused all the time. A Hobbit or but most Har- people do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you're writing on the yeah, Harry Potter money, you're, you're not really thinking about your paycheck. You're just thinking about what my legacy on on the world wants to be, and his legacy is just yeah. I want to do some really fucking weird films, eh? <laughs> like yep. Swiss Army Man. Have you seen that? <laughs> I haven't seen it. No. Oh man. Uh, I'll get there eventually. Um, but yeah, so I mean, first out, I hate Elijah Wood's hair in this. It's he's just got some stupid fucking haircut, and it makes me hate him a, just a little bit. Um, but not really because he's fantastic. So he's got this terrible haircut and a terrible porn moustache. Um, he's kind of like this. He's a little bit arrogant, sort of self entitled rich boy. Um, Man, his hair is sort horrible, of, isn't it? It is. He's like it's he's disgusting. like a Nazi or something. Or some yeah, it, some weird Napoleon Dynamite extra. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah, so he rocks up to his his dad's house and they they don't get along. Um, you know, he keeps asking. He's like, "Why did you send me this letter? What happened? Like, why did you abandon me?" He's asking all the tough questions for an estranged son. And basically, there is a huge argument, and his dad dies. He just has this heart attack and dies, like, mid-argument, mid mid-fight. And the coroner comes. There's, like, this huge delay and the morgue is basically overrun. So they're like, well, we'll take him in and embalm him, but we got to bring him back here for storage until your family can make plans. Sure. So then he has to live in this house with this dead body. Um, and the girl's base, like, the coroner is explaining to him, oh, you know, you, you should really talk to him while he's there you say all the things that you needed to say it's very cathartic you know you might be able to work through some stuff and then there's a twist oh are you allowed to say that i there is a well there is a twist there's a twist and i'm not going to tell you what it is oh is it saying there's a twist already ruining the twist because then people are waiting for it no you won't you won't expect it because this film is such a slow burn this is slow burning but it's intriguing and it keeps you keeps you sort of guessing, keeps you watching. Because I was getting to a point where I'm like, maybe I'm not in the mood for this. And then something happened and, and like, Hang on. I was like, okay, yes. And then it just gets brutally violent. And there is just, because I, I, again, I was sort of thinking to myself, this, this is, I wouldn't really consider this horror. Oh, wait. Yeah, okay. Yes, this I is, would. That's happening. Oh, yep, that's going to hurt. Oh, oh, fuck. That's that's a lot of blood. Oh, yep, yep. Okay, cool. All um, right. Yeah, it's it very well dangling written. me along uh, with a sausage of intrigue. <laughs> I know. Can I? I will say two words to you, Dan. Hmm? Poop pen. Okay. Poop no, means nothing pen. to me now. No. I'm sure it will later. It's nothing to you now, but oh, you're going to watch this film and you're like, oh my god, poop pen. Shit, something's happening. Um, once again, there is there is Wang. All the films that I've been watching, there's so much Wang just happening. Love on, a good flop and Wang. I know you can't. You can't for so long. I get obsessed with like seeing dicks in films because, like, for years, there's always been the women flopping around yeah. their boobies, even getting out their vajujus. And then just like <laughs> as soon as like one film, you know, puts one Wang out there, you know, as soon as bloody um, oh, what's his name that was in um. Uh, what's his name that was in the the Shining remake thing? What's his name? Uh, uh, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor flops out his chop once, 
And then all of a sudden, <laughs> oh, it's high art. And then all of a sudden, you the, the, the roller coaster flood of wangs hit the screen. <laughs> you got Dr. Manhattan flopping them around. You got everyone flopping them around. And it's just a glorious time to be in cinema. <laughs> like, like it, yeah, th- there was a lot of. And you can't go wrong. Like, I don't care like, what anyone <laughs> says. If they throw a dick on a screen, I am fixated on it. It is the most I want to see as many other people's dicks as I can in life. So I compare it to my own. That's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing, though. You are automatically drawn to dicks. Yeah, that's that's all I could see. This whole like five minute sequence of this film. I'm not looking at what's happening. I'm looking at this fucking dick on screen, going. Mm, yeah, and, really and that's like, that and that's not me. That's not saying what my sexual tendencies are that I want to sleep no. with that dick or anything like that. It's just like you got to admit the most hypnotizing thing that can be ever be on film is a penis. It's it's kind of like in Pop Star where they're in the in the car uh, the limo, <laughs> the dick just comes through the window. Yeah, and, and um, he's just like that's all you can look at. Or in like, um, in Deathgasm, do you remember they like they mashed the guy's dick off with the with, oh, the, with yeah. the whipper snipper? <laughs> oh man, that film's great. Um Dicks on screen. Anyhow, we, we, we digress. Sorry for you for you people out there who don't want a forty five minute talk about how much I enjoy looking at dicks on screen, but you know, you have you've gotten into this. You know what you get you, you know what you're getting into when you listen to this it's podcast. True. It's all about dicks on screen. Um so yeah, like I do I again I'm not gonna give too much away. I I definitely think everyone should check this film out. It was a lot of fun, very well written, very witty, um, dark comedic and i absolutely hate that this movie made me google e-boy um because that was the description i was sort of reading up about it and that's the description they gave elijah wood's character and i don't fucking know what that is because i don't live my life on tiktok um why not because <laughs> i'm in my, my my 30s and i have better things to do it's weird like imdb says this ant guy is a director but he's also, it says he's the producer. He's known for yeah. producing it, but not directing it. Interesting. He made Turbo Kid as well. I fucking love Turbo Kid. You know, he's in pretty production for Turbo Kid too. Yes, bring it. <laughs> Turbo Kid's such um, a strange film. It starts with like a kid's I, film and ends with like the most hideous violence. <laughs> yeah, which sounds like every 80s kid's film is from what I can remember. Um, but, yeah, they, it's also from the production company, I think, that did The Witch. Witch, yeah, the witch, the witch, um, which is also a fantastic film. So yeah, that is a great film. That's like, yeah, that's up there. Like, not not a feel good film, and I'll probably never revisit it again. But like, yeah. I really enjoyed it when I was watching it, kind of thing. You know, one of those weird ones. Like, then again, I thought I'd never watch Beyond the Black Rainbow more than once, and I've watched it like six <laughs> times now. There you go. It's great. Yeah. So come to Daddy. Um, check it out. I highly recommend it. You do. Do you know what mm-hmm. I recommend? What? This week's homework. So every every week, Jennifer and I set ourselves a movie to watch as homework, and then we review it together the following week. And this week we did Night of the Creeps from 1986 and de- delivered and de- directed by our old mate Fred Decker. Thrill me. Thrill me. Um, Fred Decker is known for stuff like Robocop 3. (laughs) (laughs) He did make The Monster Squad, which is one of my all-time favourites. And he made the 2018 The Predator. I have not watched that one. 
I did watch that and I quite enjoyed it, but it was just a predator movie. It was better than AVPs. So yeah, man, thrill me. That's that. That's all you can say about this film. This film is like, did you enjoy it, Jen? Because I know you hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen it, and you know what? About two weeks ago, I ordered a copy uh, this movie on Blu-ray from JB Hi-Fi, and they texted me this morning to tell me that it had arrived. And you know what? So, watched- <laughs> all right, so now I've got to go pick it up tomorrow. Well, we, you watch, watch all, all the, the all the sweet like extra bits. Oh, and I will. I love special features. Um, I fucking loved this film. This was so much fun. This yeah, is everything I love in a film. Yeah, I couldn't believe you hadn't seen it, eh? I right. know. Um, so I'd, I, I'd had seen this film. I'd actually seen it a bunch of times, but I just want to watch it again because I'm so much on a Tom Atkins kick at the moment. And <sighs> how is he in this film? Like, He's he just, only uh, has lines. He doesn't have any yes. dialogue. <laughs> yeah. He, this is his favourite film that he's made as well. He's like... Or like stated that this was his favorite film. So yeah, well, in that docker we watched the other day when they talked about this film, he says that the, the thrill me line he just made up mm. on the spot and just kept using it throughout the whole film. Like, he said he said it like five or six times. Yeah, and then, and then the last ending of it is like using the you know the big power move line that the other character says is that line. Yeah. So, oh my god, this was so much fun. Yeah. Yes. Um. So this film has everything. It has. Science fiction aliens, it has zombies, it has shotguns, it has like a flamethrowers, it has exploding hair, it has everything you need in a, what is it? Is it a tongue-in-cheek look at a zombie massacre? Like, what is this film? It's amazing. Like, did you you watch it with with your partner? I did. Did she hate it? She did not. She really got into it, Uh, which is great. Which is weird because she didn't Um, like Halloween 3, which is kind of in the same vein. This is, I think this is a lot, this film did not take itself seriously. Oh, Halloween no. 3, I felt, took itself, like, it was more serious. This was just ridiculousness from start to finish. Did you want to set the um, scene on, on kind of the, on what, on what happened, or do you want me to do that? Like, you, okay. the, you do it. So, in 1959, uh, some, uh, okay, the film starts with some aliens. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, like, what the fuck is happening with those aliens, by the way? Because they they are talking, and there's alien subtitles on the screen. I, don't, I know. So don't they're, know they're talking in alien, and but then the, the subtitles are in alien. So there's <laughs> no alien. point to like like it looks like the um it looks like the Mandalorian um or the Star Wars universe uh, uh language that they're speaking. Yeah, it does. And it? I'm like, well, um, why are they there? <laughs> like, well, there? There is absolutely no reason. But they are running through like they are chasing this little alien through the spaceship and he for some reason he or she or whatever it is um has this container full of something that they chuck into a receptacle and basically blast it out into space it then falls to earth in 1959 so this is it has now become a 1950s b movie well i just stop you there the alien, which he's got, has the canister, doesn't have pupils in his eyes, saying that he, uh, in, 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 uh, he's infected. Right. So the other aliens that are chasing him have eyes, I noticed, but he didn't have, he just had white eyes like the zombies do. So he's an infected trying to get the virus out of the ship. I love that. I was laughing my ass off. I did not even notice <laughs> yeah, that. So the aliens look very pretty, much. The aliens look pretty funny. Anyhow, next. Um, so yeah, so then it's like 1959. Uh, it just it crashes into the the earth and just near a 
university and one of the guys is infected. But also while that's happening, there's a call on the radio about an escaped killer who is potentially going to murder people in the same college town. So it's becoming like three different films in one. Yeah, and it's rad. It's one of those like radio, uh, you know, announcements and it's just like, from the local mental institution, he has escaped, you know, this guy, the axe murderer has escaped the mental institution just yeah. down the road. I'm like, it's just urban legend, like that shit. Yeah, so like, be on the lookout for, like, look a guy, like, escapes a thing and he's, like, got a, he's got an axe, he's got all these things. It's, you know, hacking people up. So that sets the scene for when it jumps to 1986 and... <laughs> which is when the, the which the film was made and the year it was set in. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So then Sutton jumps forward and two geeky boys are trying to impress a girl and they basically, the pledge prank is they've got to go in and do something and they accidentally basically unfreeze the corpse of the boy from 1959 that was infected with the alien parasite and zombie apocalypse kind of issues. So. Mm. Yeah, so it basically turns after that, after it's an alien film, then it's like a 1960s black and white um, horror, uh, uh, yeah, horror film. And then it turns into a yeah. frat movie, and it's a full yeah. frat movie. Like they're, they're fleshed is. out characters that you follow these two like losers, like kind of doofuses trying to like get the girl. What? One of the kids is uh, so what's his name? Uh, JC. He um, JC is such. A, he was a sweetheart. He I is. loved him. It was he a, was so endearing. It was kind of weird. Uh, weird that they had. He's a disabled character as well. I thought that was a he very is. um, cool but strange call to do. So he's got like the walking um, uh, crutchy arm things. What are yeah. that? Yeah, you know the ones that like you hold onto and you walk. And um, yeah. yeah, just to have him in there was a, a kind of a. a, a Cool. I don't know if he was disabled in real life or they just added that in or. Yeah, I don't know. But, um, yeah, he was great. So he. He was. He just, I loved him. He just cared about the main character so much. His mate. He's, he's a frat but He's a roommate. Yeah. Who is, uh, was originally Rusty Griswold in the European Vacation movie. Oh, uh, what, the main character? Yeah. The, the ginger? Yep. He, yeah, he was the. I think he was the first Rusty Griswold. Mm. But as you said, they are that yeah. So they to get into a, uh, a fraternity, there they have to go and they're told they have to go and get a, a cadaver and dump it yes. on some lawn. So naturally, of course, there's just a cadaver at the uni <laughs> mm-hmm. or a secret base that has been holding this frozen man since the 1960s, which has yep. alien worms in it, which they bumblingly let out and caused the whole apocalypse. <laughs> Yeah. And they're, oh my, oh my God. And then, <laughs> uh, so all these murders start happening and they call in Tom Atkins. Oh, at, yeah. And um, he is a, uh, a detective, an alcoholic detective struggling mm-hmm. with his past. And yes. he, his line is that he always says, is thrill me. So every scene when he's in, like, if he walks into a room with a bunch of cops, he's like, thrill me. Through me, ladies. What's going on? You know, I'm just like, you're like, what's that mean? I don't care. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, shut up. Thrill him. Thrill him already. Mm. So this reminded me heaps of Slither. Do you remember that? Yes. So Slither's such a good film. I think Slither is actually a massive homage to this film. It's too similar. I think so. Um, so yeah. these brain slugs, they, they ju- so they jump into your mouth 
they, you know, when you go, when you see it and you go, <gasps> and open your mouth, yep. they jump into your mouth and then they go into your brain and lay eggs and then you, yep. you, they, you then you, you turn into a zombie, so you die, mm-hmm. but while you incubate them and then eventually your head explodes and they all come out and et cetera, et cetera, and keep doing that. But while you're incubating, yep. you are a zombie, yes. <laughs> which makes it yes. amazing. <laughs> this film was so much fun. Mm. Like if you if you know me well, I love a B grade movie. I like the old sort of nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties sci fi horror kind of films, and this sort of scratched that itch a little bit so much that it made it made sort of made me want to go back and rewatch Psycho Beach Party. If you've ever watched that, Dan? No, I don't even know what that is. It sounds amazing. Oh, it does, it does, and it is. You should check it out. I will. I will. Um, but this oh my god, so much fun is to be had with this film. Like the effects, the effects are fantastic for a film that was a flop. Oh yeah, at the like it it did poorly. The effects were great, like the 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 cadavers coming out of the the ground. Yeah, so all the zombies well. come like, out. Like so, the the slugs can animate something that's been dead for like it. If it's dead, they can animate it. it. Doesn't matter when it's died. If it died like ten years ago, if it just died then, it's fine. They will animate it. So there's all these like dogs and cats getting animated. There's like, and of course, you know, it's got that little sub story of like the axe murderer, which I thought was a nice little little spot in there. Um, yeah. He comes back, of course, whatever. Um, but yeah, the end scene in this is really what makes it. It's just like a full, just uh, just a kill fest. So they. They go, um, you're saying here, yeah, they go get like a, a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, so they go to the local like armory, which uh, Dick Miller is the, the cop who's running the armory. And for most, if you don't know who Dick Miller is, you do yourself. He's in, he's in everything. He's, he's in Gremlins as Mr. Futterman. That's the main one yeah. I think everyone knows him from. Terminator, he was in that Evil Toons movie that I watched. Uh, he's in a lot of Herschel Gordon Lewis films, um, basically. Indeed, so, never a main role. No, that's fine. People have a very strong career playing a co, a coaster, and mm. I'm okay with that. Um, and you know they're they're at the armory. They're they're trying to figure out what they need, and you know they discover that the these the slugs are, you know, they don't like fire. So what are you going to get, and what's going to be at your local police armory? A flamethrower. Why not? Yes, that's right. And then it's just a killing spray. So they basically they shoot. They shoot, they blow the people's heads off with a shotgun, and as their heads explode and the slugs come out, they flame them. And it's yeah. just this gore fest at the end of it. Because all, oh, yeah. um, all the jock meatheads, because it's on prom night, a formal yes. night, so everyone's in like uh, tuxedos and stuff, all the girls are getting ready, and then all the dates, all, all the men all turn into zombies. And you've got that line from Tom Atkins like, oh, what yes. is it? Um, he goes, I got good news and bad news, ladies. The good news is your dates are here. The bad What's news the is, bad news? yeah. The bad news is they're dead. <laughs> like, it's so good. Just and then, the way, just the way he turns around with that cigarette in his mouth, and he's like, "They're dead." He's almost happy. He's, just, he's <laughs> so happy about it. He's gonna fuck some shit up, and he knows it. Mm. And then, yeah, shooting, smash, and there's like all these scenes. It really reminded me of um, reminded me of the end of Brain Dead a little bit. Just you know that kind of like it's all set in the one yeah. house. There's all these things happening. All just different scenes just to show. All these different ways that they can kill these bloody meathead, bloody uh, well, there fr- is that frat boys. With the the lawnmower as well. So yeah, there's know. a lawnmower scene. Yeah. Um, oh my god, this movie is so much fun. But yeah, it, it's definitely worth 
It's definitely worth a look in. If you're a horror, horror fan and you haven't seen this one, this is definitely one of the the classic ones that will, you know, it's going to be there forever. It's going to be, it's going to go down in history. It, and they made a bloody, they made a bloody Tom, Tom Atkins action figure for it. I really want yeah, it. Yeah, which you can buy on eBay for $250. Yeah, I want um, it. No, me neither. Um, so this this film, um, all the characters' names are sort of based on famous hi-fi uh, horror sci-fi directors. Um, so there's like the kids called Cronenberg and another kid's called uh, Hooper and um, I think there's a carpenter in there as well. So there's there's definitely a huge homage to all these these great, great directors. Um, and also it arguably takes place in the same universe as Monster Squad. Yeah, because there's like thing on the wall. Yeah, there's a Monster Squad rules or something that's like Easter egged on the wall when the the JC's in the toilet. But they hadn't made it at this time, had they? No. So arguably, precursor is. Yeah, it's kind of like a "This is what I'm doing next, guys." Yeah, that's cool. Um, which is cool. And there is also an unofficial sequel called <laughs> Zombie Town. Well, alternatively, it was called Night of the Creeps 2, but has absolutely nothing to do with it, so I think that's probably why they changed the name to Zombie Town. Yeah, right. Yeah. Why would you call it Night of the Creeps 2 if it had nothing to do with it? it had, I know. Did it, I have, mean, it, was, did it had head slugs in it, I wonder? No, it was just a zombie film. But, yeah, they the alternate title was Night of the Creeps 2, so. That's so weird. Like, why, why did they? I don't know. Marketing is a beautiful thing. Yeah, because they do it with video games as well. They make a whole video game and then at the last minute just decide it's going to be, you know, oh, well, let's make this this video game. And, pop, pop, and they did it with, like, you know, Hellraiser they do it with. Fair lot. Yep. I'm watching the Zombie zombie Town trailer now. I have <laughs> seen this film back in my... Oh, yeah. have you? Back no, 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 I haven't. No. Looking at it now, okay. no, no. It looks, yep. it looks rubbish. It looks like it's a bloody film school film. <laughs> yeah. Not, e- that's, you know. not even on bloody film. On bloody four to three. All right, that's it. <laughs> Shall we move into horror news? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so each week, me and Jen uh, take you through the horror news that you need to know about. Welcome to horror news. So, Jen, story number one. Well, so this one uh, was over at Dread Central. Uh, it looks like Starship Troopers, uh, there is a reboot in the works, possibly with Top Gun 2 director. Now, are you a fan of uh, Starship Troopers? I fucking love Starship yeah, Troopers. Yeah, so do I. We actually, I. I watched it the other day, actually. I love it so much. And I do not feel that it should be remade. I don't think it, yeah, I feel it still is good. Like, it did that well, thing it, when it was at the peak of CG, they used CG, but they thought about it and went, what's the best looking CG? And it's non-moving fleshy things, which is what all the bugs yeah. are. So, you know, like, so bugs are perfect for it to make the CG look good. And they, yeah. they just went to town on it because it's based on the novel, which is quite different. Quite different. Mm. And, um, yeah, and they just turned it into a massive... um. You're kind of like a, a big commentary on um, consumer, not consumerism, on television and and government and stuff like that, and conscri- yeah. conscription, conscription is that what it's called? Conscription, conscription. Yes. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you know, it's very tongue in cheek. It's like that whole line, like, "Would you like to know more?" Like, 
And that was before yeah. in- internet. You know what I mean? This is before, you know, all the, 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 you know, the sites that's going click here for more and all stuff like that. And I, yeah. Well, the thing about this film as well is it, it has a very nice, it does pay homage to, again, a lot of those films from, you know, the 1950s, just the way it, it is set out. It does not feel like a strong action film of its time. Like, this is definitely very tongue-in-cheek. It's very satirical in a way with how it, how it is done. And I that's what I love so much about it. Yeah. I just, I think that if, because, I mean, obviously there were, like, several sequels. I don't know how many. I've not watched any of them. I don't know. I Like, I honestly don't feel that this does necessarily need a reboot. Um, the film is just perfect the way it is, even down to the hideous vagina brain slug at the very end oh, i loved him and like and nph like oh, it's a baby face too it's a freak because the film is basically like uh a teen it's like paying out those like best friends college dramas you know what i mean like yeah at the end they all actually like they've that she's just had like a i think there was a, a a spike put through her shoulder so what was that lady's name with the big eyes Denise Richards? Uh, oh, Denise Richards, yeah. Yeah, so she's had a spike go through her shoulder, which is seriously, like, it's as fat as, like, you know. It's big. Yeah, it's a big, fat spike. And at the end, she's just there. She's just got her arms around her two best mates, just walking, like, them laughing and leaving. Them. Yeah. And, and like, what about the hole in your shoulder, love? You're right. <laughs> but that was You're all right. like, done on purpose. Like, the whole point was, yeah. like, how stupid stuff is, like. And there's yeah, so much nudity also, in it as well. Like the, the, and I had all that, like, the mixed showers. I thought it was really good. Like, it, nothing mattered in this world. It was cool. Oh, no, it was all the same. And also we had the good old Mike, Michael Ironside in it. Ironside. Being a badass, he as was. he always is. And the violence, man. The bit where the dude oh, takes so his violent. helmet off. Do you remember in the, um, in the training bit and he gets shot in the head, how horrible it was? Yes. And, I was like, and it was, oh. like, full, just like, and I was like, Yes. And like, violence. Ugh. Yeah. And like, you know, when they go in, get the bugs and like people get ripped in half, arms fly um, off. Every- it is CG, but it's kind of forgiving because that first time, it's like that ending yeah. of Hellboy that we watched the other day. It's that kind of violence <laughs> where it's all CG, but it's still in there. I mean, yeah. It was, it's definitely, there's nothing like this film. I mean, no. have you seen the second one? I haven't. I haven't seen oh, any yeah, of the uh, others. others. I've only seen the first one. And there's like CG, full CG films. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't. I didn't even. Yeah. I, I got one and I started watching it and I feel, seriously did like ten minutes and I was so off what it looked like. I just turned it off. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to yeah. soil the the perfect like memories of Starship Troopers and. Oh, well, it leads it leads you back to the just because you you can doesn't mean you should attitude when it comes to CG. Exactly. I mean, yeah. this is the exception to the rule, though. There aren't many films that I just go, it's perf- like it's bad CG, but it still is perfect. Like, it's weird. Yeah. The, um, and then remember, the Rico's Roughnecks was <laughs> the name of there. <laughs> and they get it tattooed. <laughs> remember the laser tattoos and stuff? And like, yes. Oh, my oh God. man, if only tattoos were that, that easy and quick. Yeah. Oh. Meh, straight. That'd be so much better. So, anyhow, they're going to remake it. Is it a TV show or. No, I think it's uh, it's gonna, it's potentially going to be. So it, it's still like rumors and hearsay. So Sony are looking to reboot it with uh, Joseph Kosinski, who did uh, Top Gun, Maverick, Tron Legacy, and 
Oblivion. So, yeah. Um, but also, can you compete with someone who, like Paul for the Hoven, who did Showgirls? Like, he, he did Total Recall. He did, he did Robocop 1. Talk about, we've got a whole bunch of Robocop. He did Hollow Man. I enjoyed Hollow Man. I haven't seen Hollow Man since it first came out, mostly because I really don't like Kevin that, Bacon. And that nipple tweaking scene? I don't remember that. I, that's all I can remember. <laughs> if you say Hollow Man, I remember the bit where he's like half and half, but I also remember there's a picture of a boob and he tweaks it and it shows up sure. like, boink. He did Basic Instinct yep. as well. So, oh, yeah. The dude's got, great the dude's got a, like, you know, the original guy has a buddy. He, he's got he's a, got, he's he's got got a, a crap ton under his belt. The, um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if this is going to – if they pull it off and it's in the same vein and it's kind of cool, it's just an updated version, to me, like, a lot of people like, like me and you and our age will think, well, there's no point. But, like, if it's going to bring a whole – if it's going to give a whole new generation the same vibe of what we got, I'm down with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, don't, I don't mind a remake. I don't like reboots. I don't mind a remake if it's like you know if it, if it's just kind of bringing in a new generation of people. Like if you think about it, if you don't like reboots, makes then you uh, we wouldn't have got the John Carpenter's the thing. You know what I mean? Like that's true. That's but, very true. So you have there's and Starship Troopers. When when was that originally made? What year did that come it was out? Ninety eight, I think. Ninety eight, ninety nine. So you're looking at twenty two years. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's fairly like fair enough. I, 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 I mean, I, I know you said at the start maybe it's not a good idea, and I agree. But now I'm thinking about maybe it's maybe it's fine. Maybe we'll get to, uh, to we'll get to revisit Starship Troopers with bloody a uh, new a new version of it. You know, a new a new oh, new, new technology. I think it's just got to be the right person. That's what that's what it forever and will always come down to for me. It's got to be the right person behind it. So there's there's no point having just some guy off the street who doesn't know i think that's why the avengers and that's the whole other conversation is like a lot of that worked because the people that were working on it are huge fans they should just Um, get the original cut of the film and just put all the cg in it redo that and that's it (laughs) done sorted just make it most chronically good cg and then we're like and uh, you'd watch it and you'd be like it looks the same as I remember it because you wouldn't remember how bad it looks. You know how they do, when they remake video games now and you can go back to the yeah. old video game with a button, like the old graphics, yep. and you don't realise how much better it was until you do that. You're like, holy shit, it was crap back then. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't well, want them to do that. Works. I don't want them to do that. That is just a joke. So, uh, <laughs> shut up, internet. Stop listening to my sick, Fair sick enough. ideas. But yeah, Starship Troopers, I hold it very close to my heart. Beautiful film. Yeah. Fun and also Rima Clanahan's in it, so you know. Yeah, you get yeah. Is that wait? Is that the lady with the curly hair? Yeah, Rima. Well, Rima Clanahan from the Golden Girl. She plays a teacher. Is her name Ruma? Rue Rue McClanahan. But her full name's Ruma. No. Oh no! It's, it's just Rue. Rue. Yeah. Weird name. <laughs> um. Yeah. So let um. Let's keep an eye on this. Let's um yep. definitely. Let's let's just hope that it it keeps going. So the, the original guy did Tron. He's done Tron Legacy, which is basically a remake of Tron. Yeah, and is, then he did Top Gun Two, which is basically oh, oh Maverick. Yeah, ah, is that what why that word? Did that even come out? I've ne- I don't even know what that is. Yeah, like yeah. I I, I mean I knew it was happening, but I maybe it's out and we all just missed it because it was te- I don't know. 
might not have been bad. It's a, I can't see it being as iconic as the first one. And it's in a time where no one really cares about jets anymore. Have you noticed? It's like, As a it's kid, true. I used to think jets were sick and everyone's like, jet culture, yeah, volleyball. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but um. Yeah, the uh, yeah the most homoerotic volleyball game in the entire world, but um, right, it's pretty good that scene. Sure, you know that scene needed <laughs> more dicks out. <laughs> I'm surprised there weren't any dicks out in that one, honestly. Or Maverick, maybe that's what it was missing—a swinging dick. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> um, and then Oblivion with um, Oblivion's the uh, Will Smith one. Is that that right with uh, Jaden Smith as well? Uh, where they're on that. Tell you. Yeah, where they're on that uh, uh, on the planet. I think it was quite oh, – it's one of those films that I think it was quite cool. I'm just going to look that up, see if I'm, I'm correct in my assumption. The answer is no, no. It's the Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise one. one. What's it? the one I was yeah. thinking of? Do you remember? I the... have no idea. I know what you're talking – like I can picture the trailer in my mind, but I couldn't tell you what it's called. I will be able to do it. By just using my mind and not using IMDb <laughs> – I'm going to work out what <laughs> uh, keep talking, Jen. <laughs> yep. That's, yeah. So uh, also heading into uh, the next news segment. It was called After Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you got there in the end, Dan. I got that. That's all that matters. Uh, terrible film I hear. That's all right. It was fine. Right. It was just a, it was a solid science fiction film. Like it just didn't do anything, you know, worth new or know. exciting. Well, it looked great. It was science fiction. It had a start and it definitely ended. Um, yeah. But that's as far as I can remember. <laughs> there was an ending in there. Yeah, it, it, um, it didn't. It didn't. You know, it didn't repulse me or anything. But yeah. Anyway, oh, story cool. number two. Anyway, yep. All right. So, Don Mancini's Chucky is heading to Sci-Fi next year. This is exciting. Oh, yeah. yeah, this is so, a TV. So this is a TV show, not to be confused. Yeah. Which is when I Correct. first read it, I was reading it as like I was just reading it as sci-fi, the movie like station, whatever it's called, was just acquiring yeah. the old films to show to stream. And I'm like, oh. not that much of a news article. But then I went, Oh no, it's the new EV show we're talking about right. here. So we're going to ignore the just bullshit film that was Child's Play from last year. Um, and we are back with John Mancini and Brad Dourif voicing Chucky. Yeah. And it's going to be a whole new TV series with the same characters, the same lore. So it is, it's going back to what we all know and love. And I'm very excited. So they did a teaser trailer the other day, which it went for about 30 seconds, but it teased just enough to get everyone talking and everyone interested again. So. It's I'm a, very keen. It's a great trailer. So if people haven't seen it, it's just like uh, it's kind of panning back down through the toy. It's like a, 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 a an old toy shop, like yeah. a, or an aisle in a, a in a department store. The kids said just panning down through it slowly, and then turning and then turning around really quick, and just seeing the silhouette of Chucky standing in the aisle, and then you get that really distinctive Chucky laugh. You know that. Yeah, I can't do it. I'm not even going to try. No, as soon as that laugh happened, I was I was just sold on everything and whatever's happening. Yeah, because it weirdly uh, solidified that it's an actual Chucky film. I mean, um, TV yeah. show. I'm going to say film forever. Yeah. Um. Oh man, such a 
such a good vibe like yeah i mean so the i think the concept that they gave us was it's a like a vintage chucky doll turns up at a suburban yard sale in an idyllic american town it's then thrown into chaos as a series of horrifying murders begins to expose all the town's hypocrisies and secrets um so i'm just excited that it's going back to the original kind of series but it's kind of rebooting it in a way as well so the town has secrets so the town's a a fucked up town and yeah and what you reckon chucky's gonna knows this maybe he's been fucked over by the town maybe maybe it's it's his hometown for he was originally the lakeside strangler was from maybe I foresee it being like a Stepford Wives kind of everything's just picture perfect and everyone's just fantastic to each other, but they're all secretly like fucking each other and doing drugs behind. They're all in that movie Society. (laughs) That is going to be Society meets Child's Play. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, And so, yeah, he's going to, I mean, you could get a whole series out of that. Like the idea of like people kind of like not knowing who the killer is for the majority of it. So we still get the indulgence of the doll and that, but he's he's a bit more mm. stealthy in this one than he, he was in the films, you know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. he might even reference it. You know, I might keep a loyal profile this time so I don't get, you know, melted. <laughs> but it would be good to well, see if he's got damage the whole way through. Like I, like I was going to say, I mean, you've got like instead of it being a, a one-and-a-half-hour film where you've got a 15-minute period of him getting fucked up you've got like maybe an eight episode series where he could just get fucked up the whole way through and you could just watch it for eight episodes Dan. yeah you'd be very excited and like you know like because he doesn't he doesn't really have rules of of real people yeah he stuck a knife in his hand at one side he chopped off his hand he attached a knife to it like i expect there to be a lot of doll carnage in this and they're better and practical effects as well I assume they're going to do some CG effects and that, but I'd, I'd rather you didn't. I wouldn't mind, like, if they're going to use CG, he might do a little bit on his face, uh, on yeah. the ma- on an actual doll, like do the eyes or something like that, which I always think looks great, like stuff like out of Hellboy when they did those yeah. original like, Del Toro films, like when he did that stuff, like there were real men in the – oh, Pan's Labyrinth is a classic example of Pan. Yeah. He's, a, he's a real character, but he has CG elements to do things that, you know, you can't do in real life. And I'm like, that's cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the eyes and the legs, you know, how it works with the stilts and stuff like that. But it's still there in real life. You're still filming something. But, um, yeah, yeah a bit of, like, gore. I mean, he could even melt him, you know, and he could, like, kind of re-come back. He might be able to jump in between. Maybe there's a – he can jump into other things. Mm. So, I think it's also – it sort of opens it up because we have a huge – the fact that it's, like, a vintage doll and also it makes me sad that I'm in a – in an age now where things that I know and love are vintage. Um, but it, I mean, just the fact that they're teasing it in a toy shop as well, it kind of makes me think that they're going to go down this little collector kind of road where we can have a look at collectors today in a horror sort of sequence. Yeah, yeah, that might work. And they'll, they'll probably like, able to get a whole bunch. Culture is huge right now. You probably able to get a whole bunch of um really good like nods to collecting in there as well. Like they'll have like yeah. to- really rare toys in the background and stuff like that. You know, a vinyl cape Jawa and stuff like that. But uh, <laughs> you know, like back in the day, in, through the peak of like you know Chucky being Chucky, like you know, when Charles play like two was out and it was all wicked. The uh, Royal Adelaide show went Chucky mad, and they had all these Chucky dolls that you could win. So they yeah. were like. They were, do you remember them? I don't. So they were the no. hard Chucky head. Their head looked perfect. 
But then the body was kind of soft, you know. Oh, like I a, remember those dolls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I once I had I got one of them, and I thought it was great. And then I went on a scuba diving camp because okay. I because I've done everything weird in the world. You and, have. Um, I went on a scuba diving camp, and I just took this doll along with me. You know, I thought it'd be funny, and you could do something with it. And what I did is, I when we were learning to scuba dive, you had to scuba dive down ten meters into this tank, and then take your mm-hmm. gear off and put it back on. That's part of like your training. And I tied like the weights to this Chucky doll. And dropped uh, it down into this ten meter thing, and the head was yep. like, the head was like, uh, it was it was hollow, but it was sealed. And so when I went down yep. this far into the water, the whole thing just imploded, <laughs> like, <laughs> and like this went, you know, sucked into itself. And when it came up, it was just a piece of shit. It looked so scary <laughs> and wet, and like, <laughs> and that's my uh, <laughs> that's my child's play story. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. It's so good. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm very excited. Jennifer Tilly is also on. Um, I think she's signed on for it as well. So we'll probably see the character of uh, Tiffany come back. Which Bride of Chucky is such a great film as well. So yeah. I thoroughly enjoy that one. Do you reckon we we'll get the Tiffany cat doll? I think so, but I mean the way they sort of it depends on where and how they're going to go through because I think the films like the Seed of Chucky. And Curse of Chucky or Bride. whatever the other ones. Bride of Chucky. That was a good one. Bride yeah, of Chucky was good. After- that was the one where they got like Seed of Chucky was the one where they had the David Bowie kid. Yeah. Yeah, that and he had, one like, was the complex. And even the do you remember like how fucked up he was at the end and even Chucky was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. I thought. And that film's that film's starting so basically what's happening with like Scream Four, with Halloween three, all these people are like, Oh yeah, this, this wasn't actually that bad. People are starting to sort of talk about that film a little bit now and going, Oh, it wasn't as bad as we thought it was. The seed of Chucky. Yeah. I I thought it was great. It was like, it was the one where it was like the poster with Chucky like reaching down into the pram with a little hand coming yeah. out. Yeah, I thought it was a great film. Like that's one of the Chuckies. It, so, that's probably know. my second most watched one, like apart from number yeah, okay. two. Yeah. And then there's, yes. there's some other but ones that they weren't that good. Goes in these weird directions as well. So I'm not sure if they're going to continue or just sort of like pretend that they didn't happen. I don't know. There's still a lot to to learn, but it's all going to be very exciting. Well, the the main, what I would do is I would just start at like only one and two have kind of happened. The other was kind of got really meta and weird and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and if you want to stick traditional and then start your own like, like law, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like with the TV show, you just want the basis of like those first two films, I think. Or even like the third one with like Andy growing up in the military camp. Then you don't get Jennifer Tilly though. Yeah, you're right. So probably they have got, maybe they'll bring her in as like. I'll introduce her and do her story again. Like, new. yeah, maybe. Who That'd knows? Who cool. the possibilities are endless, and I, mean, I love it. It is true. It's it's Schrode. I, I say Schrode, Schrodinger's Schrodinger's video. Schrodinger. <laughs> Schrodinger's horror. Yeah, they're all yeah. the best horrors we've ever seen until they come out. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's great. And they're also the shittest ones at the same time. Exactly. We never know. You never know. Gives us something to talk about, so whatever. It is true. Oh, and the third, we got three. We got three stories this week. We do. It's not really a story. It's just a shout out. Arachnophobia turns thirty. That's a story. That is a story. I can't believe it's yeah. thirty years. Arachnophobia. Did you know the majority? I, 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 I don't even know if this is true. This is just one of those rumors. You know, back when we were young, there was only there was only such things as rumors. 
But the majority, mm-hmm. I think, of the spiders were Australian huntsmen's. Really? That they bred, yeah. So if you look at them, they're just huntsmen's, which is still mm, fucked. Well, they're, they're <laughs> fucking huge. Oh, man. Like, we have some huge... I just, I just remember fucking John Goodman, this whole film, just being such a shit, and I love it. But do you remember at the end when there's millions of spiders all over the house there, and they're real mm-hmm. spiders? They're huntsmen's. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. apparently, like, I think heaps of them got bitten so many times. Like, there's so many of them at the end, which is great yeah, to think- know about. One of them, one of the characters, I think um, Julian Sands. Yeah, Julian Sands, who plays the professor in it, or the scientist, he basically has this scene where he is covered in spiders and they're kind of crawling in his mouth or out of his mouth or something like that. And he was saying about how he was actually just, he had no problem with spiders. So they literally covered him in spiders. So it's all real, none of it's fake. So I'm heaps scared of spiders. It's one of those things. You know, my greatest fear, so I love spider movies because I am shit scared of them. Claire, my wife, kills all the spiders or puts them outside. I I just go like, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not like a a mouse. I'm not like an elephant when a mouse comes in, but like, I just don't go, oh yeah, I just don't want to deal with that. Interact with them. Yeah. And like, and there's a, man, they always like, they always fuck with me as well as spiders. Like. I don't know if I've ever told you this story. I was sitting on my couch, like, um, playing a video game, and I had just leaning on the couch, and my wife walks in. She just looks at me and just goes, sit forward now. And I sit forward (laughs) because I had, like, a cushion under my head on the couch as well to keep my head. And I look back, and there was a huntsman just sitting on the cushion that I was, like, just had my head on then. And if I I – it would have been right next to me, like, touching my face, just watching the game with me. And she yeah. gets, and I got freaked out. And she's like, "Why are you so upset? Like you're always going on that you want someone to hang out and watch games, and play, watch you play <laughs> games." And I'm like, it's not the I same. Love it. I don't want a spider watching me. Oh, I mean, they give zero fucks, especially the huntsmen's. I remember one time when we were young, we were sitting at the kitchen table, having dinner, and this fucking huntsman just climbs over and up onto the table. And my mum just like shit her pants, and then obviously we killed it or got rid of it or, or whatever but i just i never forget that and the how just how huge it was yeah they don't care. So if there are any people that are listening to us who don't reside in australia which are usually other podcasts um huntsman's yeah. are big brown spiders that we have here yeah. they're probably our biggest spider they're kind of they're not like fat and big like a tarantula but they do have like the leg span of a lot of them have a leg span of tarantulas but they're really thin like kind yeah. of thing. So they get real big. Yeah, they're kind of dickheads as well. Like they don't they're not poisonous. <laughs> they bite you though and they yeah. bloody hurt and give you a bad like um like welt. But you don't you can't die from them uh, or yeah. anything like that. You just don't want to get bitten by them cuz they hurt and they look scary. And they uh they really love hanging out in houses. That's the thing. So you've always got there's always a huntsman you know on your roof or something like that. You'll look up and there'll be one above you and you're like fuck this yeah. shit. looking up now there's no spiders i don't have a problem with spiders so we're mm, all good um but yeah i I really like arachnophobia for the reason is it's very grounded in reality right yeah from the majority of them they're not giant spiders they're not like you know they don't they don't make you know they're not they don't have a plan of attack or anything there's no monster yeah they're they're just spiders there is one big spider but they didn't make it too big no. It's, it's a little bit bigger than normal. It's, it's probably the uh, as big as, like, you know, spiders probably 
couldn't get much bigger than that. Well, do you know there's like spiders in like uh, like deep rainforests that are fucking huge. <gasps> they're like yeah. they're like you know they're like they're very small bodies, but their legs are so long. They're like you know as big as like cats. Yeah. Like, Big, yeah, there's this fucking giant... huge ass spiders out there. Yeah, so this spider isn't even like the one at the end. It does have a bit too much intelligence at the end. Like it knows when, you know, it, it, it stalks people. and it, So that bit's a little bit stupid. But, you know, it's got the old nail gun ending. That was always a great ending. <laughs> um, but the, the majority of the film is set in like, so they really made it like they just used a lot of real spiders. So if there were mm. people that were arachnophobic watching it, they just couldn't watch it. It's it's a great. It's a, a great. It was it was a hit. Like, you know, it was yeah. in cinemas, everyone knows about it. It's not well, it's like- produced by Steven Spielberg, so of course it was gonna hit cinemas and everything he touches is kind of like I wouldn't say it's cinematic gold. But no, but like it generally does pretty well. It's got that it's got the mark of Spielberg. Yeah, so and, and if, if the film comes out and you go, oh, it's by Spielberg, people will give a look into it. And also I think it gets yeah. more media coverage, it gets more accepted Definitely. because it might, he does have a massive lineage of like really good films, so that's part yeah, of the reason. Yeah, for sure. But have you, I was just thinking, like, what are some of your favourite spider films? Um, there is a spider film. It's, it's called Lava Lantua. <laughs> um, and there, there is also a sequel to this called To Lava, To Lantula. <laughs> really? It's like these spiders that come out of lava. And it's a fucking ridiculous. I believe Steve Gutenberg's in it as well. Oh. That's such an enjoyable piece of shit film. And I think everyone should check it out. Is it old it or is... new? No, like, I mean, Lava Lanchula came out in 2015. So I want to say that Two Lava, Two Lanchula came out 2016, 2017. <laughs> Two Lava, Two <Lanchula. laughs> It's so good. Uh, my, um, my favorite is Eight Legged Freaks with uh, Arquette. Um, he has yes. a he has a textbook Arquette jacket in that one, as we've talked about my <laughs> David Arquette jackets. Yes, um, yes, you have. Had it had so many cool things back then. You know, he's got the the, the crusty demons of dirt dudes getting jump. You know, getting pulled off the bikes by the jumping spiders. It has yep. the tarantula reference at the end with like yep. like lumbering through like to incy wincy spider like the music yep. kind of. Um, and yeah, just a great spider film. Stupid as fuck, but like you know, and it's oh, that's what I love about yeah, it. Yeah, it's very tongue in cheek. It knows it's a stupid fight spider film. Like they reference it multiple times, and that end scene where you know the whole town just gets overrun by like giant because it's a giant spider film. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's like the whole thing. I think the, the the thing is that they get in toxic waste or something, and there's like a, a doo like a, a spider scientist. So he's got all the sorts of spiders. So you get the cross reference of all these great spiders. Um, yeah. All CG. Super fun. <laughs> fun, stupid. Dave Arquette. You can't go wrong with an Arquette film. So It's true. It's yeah. very true. You got another one? Um, well, Tarantula, like you, I see you've put that on the list as well. So the 1955 uh, classic film, which is, it's so much, so good. Do you know it's just awesome about that film? It's got what? an exclamation mark in the name of the film. <laughs> like it actually yeah. has an, ex- like, Tarantula. <laughs> Tarantula. Oh. Yeah, no, it, that's a lot of fun as well, and it's basically just trying to make everything, just, they just film it so the spider looks so big, but it's really just, it's just not. A and I like, I like all those films from back then, so like them with the giant ants as well. Yeah, Just them. the way that they just change the shots to sort of make this thing look so much bigger than it actually is, and it's not. It's just 
just this tiny little little spider. And then them had um, like a spin-off video game called It Came From The Desert, like back in like the 90s, um, which was really cool. And then they remade it recently again. It's called like It, it like From The Desert or something. It's another giant ant one. But yeah. Hmm. Uh, another another shout-out I want to do is like from 2007's uh, movie The Mist. So yep. it's not it's not primarily a spider movie, but there is a majority of the film that have these alien spiders, like you know, from another dimension, which is basically from, you know, Half Life. But they go into like, they, you know, they nest in this person and then burst all out of him at the end, and like you know, the spiders they're fighting, like weird spiders as well, like alien yeah. portal spiders. But like, I thought that was a really good spider scene. Like that spider scene was like fucked and wicked and yeah. i'm just like yeah sick <laughs> so good yes more of that um there's also another film it's 2019 film called itsy bitsy um so it's based on like this family moving to a secluded mansion where they find themselves being targeted by an entity that takes the form of a giant spider so very similar to the um poem that we all know and Love Ooh, very dearly. It looks horrible. I'm just looking at it, it right now. Yeah. That's um, and, oh, and then, of course, there's, like, you know, Charlotte's Web. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it still hurts my soul today. Um, and then I, well, none of us have seen it, but I really want to watch Ice Spiders from. I know. We keep saying we're going to watch Who was that? it. Why, why did we find that out? What, what director? I watched a film that he, that that director did. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'm just looking it up now. Ice Spiders. Man, that, that dude has a name, doesn't he? Tabor? <laughs> oh, The Gate. That's right. He did oh, the, the Gate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did The Gate. Tabor Tuckas. Yeah. Yeah, Ice Spiders. Looks like the most ridiculous, over-CG'd, stupid giant spider film from 2007. Um, I believe it is the – Is it? I think it's the sequel to – uh, spiders. <laughs> he did. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, mate. Uh, yeah. So he did one in 2013 called Spiders 3D. Yeah. That. Okay. Yep. Sure. So, um, it might be. Yeah. It's probably. It might be not the sequel. He might just have a hard on for spiders. For spiders. You never know. Um, this this film, Ice Spiders, is actually streaming on Tubi. So if you've got Tubi, you should probably just stream it from Tubi. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So we've worked out. Yeah. Our homework from what was it we're gonna do? I think we're gonna we're gonna check out uh, Brandon Cronenberg's The Possessor. The possess possessor. The the possessor. Yeah. All right. So everyone out there, if you do follow our homework sessions, uh, next week we're going to be talking about The Possessor by Cronenberg mm-hmm. Jr. Yep. David was it? Uh, no, that's Brandon. That, Brandon. That's, David's yeah. Cronenberg is the Brandon normal guy. Cronenberg. Brandon. Yeah. Why would you ever? Why would you ever call your kid Brandon? I thought you'd call like like a keys hound or, a, or a, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you get a, a dog name or something. Remember Brandon well, from nine hundred two one zero? No, it's just like yeah. it's like the budget Brandon. It's a nineties name. It is a very nineties name. So you know Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. Brandon. He sounds like a heartthrob. He sounds is, like it. Yeah, probably gonna. You're gonna end up being a chud. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's, it, he's gonna have some issues. Anyhow, they will be resolved. It's true. <laughs> uh, we are um, television horror podcast. 
you have been listening to us for about an hour and a bit or whatever. I can't. I have no idea how long. Um, we are we are streaming on all major podcasting services out there. So go over to your favorite one. You know, whatever they all are: Spotify, Apple, all of them. We're up on them all. Um, give us if you like what you've heard. Give us leave us a comment. Uh, give us a star rating or follow us. All those things help us a lot. So please, please do that. We also have a YouTube yeah. channel where you can go over there and give us a thumbs up. Give us a comment. It all helps with the analytics. Analytics. Um, we're on Spotify. Did I say that? Stitcher. All of them. Yeah. Um, wherever good podcasts can be found. Yeah, wherever you hear podcasts, you'll see our bloody idiot faces. No, you won't see it. You'll hear our idiot voices. Um, we have an Instagram, so go over there and search for Terrorvision Pod, and we're up there. And we have a Facebook, so join our group. Is there any uh, yeah. housekeeping, personal housekeeping you'd like to do, Jennifer? Um, not yet, but I have a whole fuck ton of T-shirts coming, so give it next week, and then I'll be like, come check out my Instagram for all my new shirts. Oh, that's right, yeah. Just... What is your Instagram? Uh, it's Jennifer Rose, so J, I even have to look it up now. I can't fucking remember what my Instagram is. It is, it's a good question. It is J-E-N-F-R-R-O-S-E, um, so it's just at that. And then I have cool shirts, and I got even cooler ones coming. You are a horror shirt aficionado. It's true. I've wasted a lot of my money. (laughs) It's, I've not. They're fucking great shirts. I do enjoy, enjoy seeing your shirts when you come in, and I actually own some shirts because you just can't handle not buying presents for people when I get awesome shirts from you. You are the I best, say that. best gift you giver gotta... in the world. I am the worst. I don't even give gifts to anyone. <laughs> no, that's fair. I only give gifts to people I like. Oh, excellent. That means I'm on yeah. that list. Yeah, you, you've got a gift coming, by the way. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> um, so uh, if you want to hear a bit more of me when we talk about video games, please head over to YouTube on Hack the Dino. Dot, uh, Hack the Dino. Uh, search for Hack the Dino and you'll find more stuff with me talking about video games and the Hack the Dino crew playing video games, talking about video games, doing the video game news, doing everything video games. So if you're into video games, I can't say video games more times than I Are just Are you into it. video games, Dan? I've heard about them. You've I heard, heard there are a new craze sweeping the nation, that and the yo-yo. <laughs> Oh, Duncan yo-yos. Yeah, Duncan yo-yos. I used to have one of those Coca-Cola champions. Remember the competition oh. yo-yos, the championship ones? Yes. I had one of them. Yes, I, I do. I got pretty good. I can walk the dog. I can do rock the cradle. I can do all those tricks. Um, oh. Or at least I did. I used to be able to. I, I assume that. that every skill that I've ever acquired ever in my life, I'll be able to do to the day I die. <laughs> so uh, until next week, may all your dreams... Be nightmare.